You're listening to The Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klom. Welcome to The Professional Blur podcast, ladies and gentlemen. With me this week is a gentleman you know from The Wire, you know from Veronica Mars. Those are the two things I was just thinking about. Uh, Michael Kostroff is with us uh, via Skype. What what's some other stuff there. maybe maybe since I mentioned uh the wire uh I mean that's the that's yeah. the first one people maybe are there any any other things people might uh pick up on Well there's there's a weird diversity to my career cuz the second thing I'm most recognized for is a Disney show called Sunny with a Chance I had a feeling. which is about as different from the wire as possible <laughs> uh, but let's see I uh, uh people recognize me from the blacklist um uh, the deuce um what else? Good wife, a bunch of things. It's a long list, but but I mean, I think those are the ones that people go, "Hey, you're that guy." But I like the random sightings where people are like, "Oh, you were on, you know, West Wing," where I had two lines. You mm-hmm. know, and people. It's really interesting how people recognize me from from odd things that I I you know did a million years ago. And of course, I have previously interviewed you uh, about your role as Carl on News Radio, my favorite show of all time, and you were very kind to do yes. that show. Uh, that that was a ton of fun. Some of my finest work. <laughs> I had a feeling when we when we talked that like you would be ideal for this because you are, uh, uh, you know, you're in a little bit of everything. I'm not the first person to say that, but uh, I do want to know. Let's let's start with your uh, first time on a set. Period. If if you remember what that was like, uh, I'm gonna try. You're, you're taking me way back, but you know. Uh... Yeah, I want to say going into this, I'm I'm very blue collar in my career, so so I'm proud of the fact that I've done extra work and stand in work and you know a line and two lines and that I you know was able to grow into being a guest star in a series regular. So I, I think it's I think it's kind of cool to talk about this stuff. Um, I was raised by people who are in in production, so I can't remember my first time on a set because I'd visit my mom and dad. They'd be at work filming a commercial or something. And I would get to visit them at work. So uh, <laughs> I vaguely remember uh, my father was working on a commercial, and the cameraman let me sit up on the camera and turn it on and off before each each oh, uh, take. My God. I guess there was a switch then. Yeah. So that's how far back I go. Um, and um, extra work. Yeah. You're, you're, it's all coming back to me as we're talking. <laughs> I did extra work. Uh, well, it was a, it was called a silent bit because it was more than just an extra uh, in a, a, a film called The Stone Killer, which was a Charles Bronson film. I was part of Mar- Martin Balsam's family. He was the gangster, I guess, and we were just there. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, so I, I, that may have been my first time. I'm really not sure. Isn't that wild? How how old remember. were you at the time? Probably ten or eleven. Okay, you know. Uh, maybe even younger. Was so, the, what, what was the have... impetus for getting you into extra work? Were, were you already, as a kid, you knew you wanted to act, and they they were helping you do it that way, or what got you on set like that? Well, I think it was just kind of. I guess it just seemed fun to my parents. You know, it's kind of like the family business. I I probably already knew I wanted to be an actor, but I, I my brother and sister who also did extra work with me, they 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 didn't care. You know, they were not, that was not what they wanted to do. Uh-huh. But, you know, it was just something we sort of did as a family. It's kind of odd. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, there are probably others way back then that I just don't 
remember. Sure. <laughs> they may come back to me as we're talking. But yeah, um, let's see. You want to hear some of the things I was an extra on? I'd love to know. Yeah, like re- you know, regardless of how high or low profile they are, I would love to know. Like you know, what what kind of interesting experiences you've had on set. Um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure comes to mind. Oh. Uh, and I thought that was pretty cool to watch him work. And of course, I was absolutely just an extra walking by on the street, you know. Um, <clears throat> what scene is it? It's on the mall. In, we shot it on the mall in Santa Monica. It, it has something to do with a bicycle, yep. a lot of people on bicycles. Okay. And, and um, two things stand out from that experience. One was <clears throat> seeing him completely out of character between takes. You know, saying to the director, now, Jim, do you think it's funnier if I throw my leg over the the thing? And then he becomes Pee-wee, which was pretty cool. Uh, And the other one was watching uh, an extra commit an absolute faux pas. (laughs) So uh, there were a bunch of us, there were a bunch of them, I was just walking, but there were a bunch of them on bikes. And, you know, the camera would sort of sweep by, they were following Pee-wee. And this girl who was no longer on camera yells out, oh, I got my, my dress stuck in my bike in the middle of the take. Uh, it's like, oh, no. oh, stop, everyone. It's, they're like, yeah, okay, she's off the set. Because it's like nobody nobody was looking at you anyway. And she, she, you know, she basically called cut, which nobody can do. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what else? God, so many things. I had a, There was a short-lived series called Tattingers, and what was unusual about Tattingers, this is kind of funny because it's like whatever pops into my brain. I haven't thought about this in so long. What's unusual about Tattingers was it started out as a drama, and they changed it to a comedy mm-hmm. within the same show. What? Uh, Chris <laughs> Elliott was, yeah. Uh, uh, Stephen Collins was on it. Chris Elliott was on it. I think Blythe Danner was on it. And I had a recurring role as a busboy at the, the restaurant. I mean, it was not a, no, not a recurring role. I had a, a, a recurring extra role as, as a busboy. What else? What else was I extra on? Um, you know, I was probably, you know, going back, I'm going to go back even further. My father worked on a great movie called The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, which was probably 68. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure they put us in that too, because we were all, we all moved to Selma, Alabama to film it. So uh, I need to go back and watch that because I think somewhere you can see little Michael. Like, That's know, amazing. Probably. <laughs> probably six years old, eight years old. Yeah. Uh, what else? Let's see. Uh, Remington Steel. Yes. I did extra work on that. Uh, I was all over the 80s. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I might have done. Did I do a Fantasy Island? No, I might have done a Fantasy Island. Uh, uh, God, if you name it a show from the 80s, I was probably I on, do want to know if you were on Magnum um, P.I. Uh, which one? Did you ever do Magnum P.I.? No, I don't think I did that. Really? Okay. All right. It would be a perfect coincidence. I, don't, I was I, out. Go ahead. It's, it's unnecessary. I was about to go down a tangent that we don't need to go down. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, I think Magnum was filmed filmed in Hawaii. And I oh, was it actually in was. LA okay. When I was doing. I was doing. Yeah, I was doing extra work for a living for a while. That was my my support job. And uh, when I was living in LA, and uh, you had to register with Central Casting. Mm-hmm. They did all the background work, 
And it was a crazy thing. You had to, this was back before cell phones. We had to sit at our phone and dial in over and over again. And you'd keep getting a busy signal and a busy signal and a busy signal and a busy signal. This could take hours. Finally, you might get through to somebody and you just say your name and they would call out to the table, Michael Kostroff. They'll go and then go, nothing yet, and hang up on you. And wow. sometimes they'd say, hang on, we might have something for you. So it was a really time consuming process to get the damn extra work. That sounds um, like it was harder than when I did it. When I did it, it was similar, but not quite yell out to the room and see what the fuck sticks. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it was nuts. It was nuts. And it was, you know, such a funny thing because, you know, extras are the the bottom of the, I should call them background actors. They're the bottom of the totem pole. And yet there was great competition and politics and trying to schmooze these people at central casting and people would send them gifts and all kinds of <laughs> things like that uh, you know it was just nuts um i was on fame which was pretty cool because i had yes. gone to that school so that was pretty amazing nostalgic going to the set <laughs> um god what else uh yeah you're making me work why well, oh, I, I, uh, I i am curious though how you Okay, were you union uh, background when you were doing it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's okay. That, that's that's one of my big questions because yeah. I couldn't. I made money doing being an extra, but I could barely call what I did make a, making a living because it was all minimum wage and it was it was rough, 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 long right. hours. Not. I love doing it, uh, but yeah. So I'm always just cur- curious about you know whether people were union extras or non-union extras. And I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You had another one. No, that's okay. I, th- I think when I was doing it, I, be- I believe there was a lot less non-union work than there is now. I think okay. there's more now. Um, you had asked something about getting upgraded before we started yeah. recording, mm-hmm. right? I was doing this thing, and I can vaguely remember what it was. It was, a, it was some sort of Alice in Wonderland thing. I think it was a musical, and I was an extra or something. And they realized that they had failed to cast dancers for a certain scene. And the choreographer was Jillian Lin, who choreographed Cats. And I have a dance background. I used to take dance, and I've done a lot of musical theater. And so they had an audition right there on set, and I I got picked, which upgraded my pay to, like, you know, I think from, like, 100 bucks to, like, four. Four hundred bucks for the day, which was amazing. Yeah, and uh, but also I had the the bragging rights of getting chosen by Jillian Lynn, who's a major choreographer. But that was pretty cool. That's remarkable. I don't think I've ever done. I don't think I ever went from like being an extra to having a line. And I don't think that happened to me. But um, but again, there's there's a you know there's a weird culture with background actors, which I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we talk about that a little bit? Please, because that, that is one thing that hasn't come up. Some of the people I've interviewed so far are, have not done oh. long-term extra work the way I have. I did long-term. I mean, I did it for years. Uh, and, and, yeah, barely made a living, but I made a living. Um, so there's a weird culture. I mean, uh, there are some people who do background work who are not aspiring to be actors, and they just find it an easy way to make some extra cash. And... Uh, in LA, I don't know how it is elsewhere, but you know, those people are equipped. They usually have like a, you know, a beach chair in their car to sit around, you know, they, they bring, bring activities. They know each other, you know, mm-hmm. but there's also a strangely, uh, I find 
it, it can really do something to your brain because you're sitting around and, and then when you're working, you're doing something that is usually not highly demanding. And it's very hard to have any sense of identity. Sometimes you get treated like cattle, you know. And I, I, I've seen a lot of people who are, you know, in the waiting area trying to make sure that they tell everybody else what they're, you know, they always say, oh, I never do this. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, but I... And they've all got major, major TV deals about to happen. And, you know, it's, it's this weird. <laughs> uh, and there's also like a competition to get into the front to be seen, like you're going to get discovered. And I was always like, no, that's okay. I'll stay in the back. That's fine. I'm not really, you know, looking to be discovered as a background actor. But people were thinking that maybe somebody would see them and go, oh, my God, that face. <laughs> kind of make them a major movie star. Um, I remember one girl with bring a guitar and sing really loudly in the waiting waiting wow. area, the holding room. and uh, Yeah, there was just a lot of real strange desperation, and that was the hardest part um, for me, because, I mean, I, I don't like to be bored. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any hang-up about the prestige. You know, you're making a living, you're doing your thing. But I feel like, you know, regardless of what my other talents might be, today I'm an extra. That's what I'm doing. Today I'm a background actor. You know, just kind of do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Relax, you know. Um, I think the funniest thing to me was the, you know, the old people would talk as if they had worked with all these directors. They're like, well, I worked with Woody, and he was very nice. <laughs> it's like, you, didn't, you, didn't work, you didn't work with Woody. You he, he gave me notes. Movie. Yeah, he gave me yeah. some notes. He said, get the fuck out of the way of the camera, please. <laughs> talk about, you know, subtext and the meaning of it. Yeah. So it, it could be a very strange culture and, and you know. Uh, uh, and can do things to your brain, unfortunately, because it's just, I don't know, what did you find? Did you find the sitting, for me, the sitting around was taxing. Yes, but I will say, so when I started it, it was 2003 or so, um, and right about then I'd gotten my first laptop, so I was just writing. I just spent all my time writing. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier to kill time now. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, if it wasn't, but still though, if it's if somebody isn't writing or on their phone, they're reading, and that that seemed to always kind of be the default. Or again, bullshitting and talking so much about uh, the difference between pay rates or getting. Oh, do you think we'll get this bump or that bump? Which is something we haven't talked about uh, actually. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you want you want you probably remember the rules better than I do. So you run them down, and then we'll talk about. Yeah, I can give I can give a few. So there's what's called a wet bump, which is basically if you're in the vicinity of rain or water, even like fake rain or water. There's the smoke bump, which is like if there's fake smog or if there's um, herbal cigarette smoke or back in the day actual cigarette smoke on the on the set. I would imagine, and those are the two I can remember. So you could you can always see people whose eyes are just like, wait a minute, did I see? Do I smell smoke? Do I see smoke? Do I see some water? Oh, God, are we going to get a bump? Right. And then they'll, they'll be the person rushing over to the assistant director just to say, hey, uh, we're all going to get a bump, right? Just as though they are, they've are they become Spartacus, and it's the funniest yes. thing. <laughs> well, the one I always remember was counting down the hours to overtime because, you yes. know, after a certain number of hours to overtime, and then if you go past another point, you get golden time, which is double pay for the day, and that was the score. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really, like, you know, that's great. I think that's like 16 hours or something. I don't know. It's a long, it's a long day. It is, yeah. But um, those, those are big deals. And also, if you're doing something and you get directed to do something that seems like it might be um, like a, a bit, you know, uh, 
you could get upgraded for that as well. And I and I think people tend to say to ask about that. Um, there's another thing with the vouchers we haven't talked about, where the the the, the non-union actors, uh, background actors. I think if they collect three vouchers, they become they can they're eligible to join the union. Yes. And I don't know exactly how that works, but it's a, oh, it's a, it's a it's you know. A, a, I remember cause the, I know about a lot about this because I used to write the advice column for backstage. Uh-huh. And somebody wrote to say that they were they complained because they said they were working on a set. And the, the second AD said, don't ask about vouchers. If you're asking about vouchers, we're going to send you home. And the person was like, how am I supposed to get my vouchers? And I had to say, look, these people are not in the business of getting you your voucher. They're in the business of making a movie. So just, you know, let them do their job. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I and you you were saying a minute ago it cut out a little bit because unfortunately the the call quality I, again I think is my stupid phone so I'm gonna make a note but uh, yeah so you you can get get bumped up if uh, uh, yeah what are the a have you ever seen that happen and b what are the typical like is it they they need you to do something that's specific to the scene I think it's like okay like if the if the chief of police goes up to two cops and says i want you guys to stay on this you know those two cops are going to get some special some some bump there would have been background actors that they said you two guys you'll be good in this and they don't have lines but they are interacting with a principal and their stuff is crucial to the story there we go i I, I don't know what the parameters are yeah but i I don't know what what that what that's called but it's it's some bump but yeah i mean is it is that what it when you're because i again i haven't actually had that is that when you're a featured extra is that what that officially is yeah okay that's what that is i forgot the name of it right because a long time ago it was called a silent bit interesting that's so funny (laughs) that's so much more showbiz sounding yeah you got a silent bit here's (laughs) a bit for you yeah (laughs) i like that i wish they called it a silent bit it's yeah. a bit. It's a silent, but it's a bit. You know, <laughs> now it's featured, featured extra, or featured background. Um, yeah, you know, there's a. I think there's a lot of. Uh, there's a weird, weird dynamic. I mean, uh, there are. Uh, there is a lot of mistreatment of, of background. I, I, that's the wrong word. That's too strong a word. There's not a whole lot of respect, I would say, for the background actor. I think that there are sets where it's assumed that these people are not bright or not talented. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair because there are plenty of super talented people back uh, in the background who just have not had a, a break. Yeah. You know? And I really don't like when, when a, a second AD will speak to them like they're stupid. Uh, unfortunately, the other side of that equation is that some people who do background work come onto the set and, and are needy and demanding or uh, annoying or you know create inconvenience and difficulty and on a movie set there's no time for any of that because the time is money and so it's it's this weird balance um and i was always grateful for those moments when people would recognize the fact that i was efficient and i'm on my job and actually acting yeah. you know um there was a scene and i forget it wasn't, I don't think it was Remington Steel, but it was that kind of show, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I was playing a, a, a waiter or a busboy or something, and there was a, a shooting in the restaurant. I just, I did, I just normally reacted to it. And the second day he came over and said, That was great. I said, I'm an actor. <laughs> and I got to <laughs> finally go, ah, 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 you know, <laughs> prove my. Um, but, 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I remember some principal actor coming up to me. I, I, I think we were, I don't know, we were someplace, the catering, someplace, anyway. And he said, so do you want to be an actor? And I said, I am an actor. And he said, well, what have you done? I said, I don't think being an actor requires a certain number of credits. I think it's what I, it's who I am and what I do. Yeah. And he was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went on to do a lot more than that actor ever did. So there you go. Um, you know, it's so funny. It's like I, I have occasionally run into I mean, that. I was so... Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. There's. I think we have enough of a delay that it's throwing me off no, a no. bit. I apologize, but go ahead. No, but I want to hear your story. Um, oh, no, it was just, uh, you, you mentioned the West Wing earlier, and I apologize because, again, this is only like our third episode, and I might already be bringing this up, so I'll make it brief. Uh, from what I was told, I was on the West Wing, they cut me out, um, but I didn't get to see Martin Sheen, but I'm told that Martin Sheen used to be an extra and then will sometimes actually still eat with the extras on that show, or when it was on. He would, uh, he would occasionally actually eat with them during lunch, which never happens. You never hear about that. Yeah, I do. I do that. It's important to me because I, I I really feel like the sense of us all working on the same project is important. Um, I always scan the background to see who I know, and sometimes I run into people, especially because you know I teach a I teach a class called Audition Psych One Hundred and One that I've done all over the place mm -hmm. uh, for years, and so it's not unusual to to run into somebody who's taken my class, and that's really cool. That's awesome uh, to, to reconnect. I will say this, though, as a principal actor now, I used to think, I, I see them go off to their trailers to eat lunch, and I think, how snobby, how, like, who the hell are you, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, I sometimes do it because I want to, I need to, like, uh, sometimes the intensity of being on set, and, and, and or I need to go study lines for the next scene, or, you know, I, I, or, or sometimes I want to, like, close my eyes and take a little nap, uh, and I... I find myself doing that sometimes where I'm like, I just, just need to clear my head and get alone. And so I'm, I was so judgmental of that before. <laughs> I used to think these people were just so like, what, you're too good to eat with us? And it's not bad at all. But when, but if I ever run into somebody I know who's in the background, we always end up sitting together and hanging out. <clears throat> uh, production hates it because they have to look for me, but I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's okay. You know, um, I just don't buy into the status differential. I just think that's bullshit. You know, um, uh, a lot of times, the, the what what determines who's a background actor and who's a principal actor is a lot of coincidence and accident and luck and a lot of stuff that's not, you know. I, I don't think that being an on-camera actor with lines means that I'm better than the people in the background. I just don't buy into that bullshit. I, I got to tell you, it's, it's I, nice I know too many that. actors who do... Well, look, I, I also do audition coaching, and I work with a lot of actors, and a lot of them do background work, and they're brilliant fucking actors, you know. And I, I just, uh, I, I, I just, I kind of hate hate snobbery. I just don't believe in it, you know. So I like when they when when like somebody in production or one of the other principal actors will see me hanging out with the background, I'll be like confused. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, these people are 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 legit folks who do do legit things and just happen to be doing background work for you today. So there you go, you know. Mm. Uh, but as I said, that some of them are assholes. Some <laughs> of the background folks are just annoying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've, you know? I've, I've seen that. Ha there is an episode of uh, the Christina Applegate show, Samantha Who, that was on for a couple years. 
I was on that a ton yeah. as an extra. And we were most of the shoots that I would go to were in their fake bar. So where Melissa McCarthy and Christina Applegate would hang out in this bar. And so you're given beer bottles. Uh, you're obviously, you're really not supposed to be, you can drink out of them if you want, but there's one thing, um, that I, would never even occur to me to do. They yell action. This guy's hanging out and he starts blowing into the, the neck of the bottle and just going, whoo. And I was like, say, oh, what the fuck happened? Like why? And uh, they just cut in the 80, just like, Hey, really? Like that's, and <laughs> they didn't kick him off, but. Oh, I did. You, there's an there's an episode of, I think it's Modern Family where two of the characters end up doing background work and they're, they're like way overacting. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sofia Vergara and uh, and uh, and uh, is it O'Neill? Is that his last name? Uh, oh, it's funny. It's so funny because they're doing all, all the wrong things as extras. <laughs> um, oh, hey, I've got two examples of times I had lines. Oh yeah, I'm being an extra. Oh what? Oh no, because okay. of editing. <laughs> oh. Because of editing. Um, in the first episode of uh, Will and Grace, I had a little bit, uh, a little little two two line part, and they ended up cutting it out. So I'm basically just in the background. <laughs> and the same happened with Hudson Hawk, uh, where I had lines and they cut them out. Oh. And uh, but I'm still there. Right. So uh, I, 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 I've essentially been rendered a background person. However, I get residuals as if I still had lines. I mean, because they, they, they hired me on that scale. So All right. I still get residuals even though I'm just, Yeah. But I would have liked to have been in the first episode of Will and Grace. Yeah. I would have liked to those lines. Yeah. Wow. That is nuts. Um, I'm curious, since you were doing uh, union <laughs> extra work, uh, what what's what got you into the union? Uh, um, I don't remember. Isn't oh, that wow. terrible? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I my father got me a role in a TV movie called The Dream Merchants with Morgan Fairchild and um, oh God. I can't think of his name. Mark Harmon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it was about the early days of movies. I had like a two-line, two, two three-line part. And I think that's what made me eligible for the union. I'm pretty sure that I joined as a result of that. that... Uh, I probably joined too soon because I, I, you know, I wasn't like, in a, you know, pursuing it. So I had dues and stuff. But I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's how I got my union card. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's you know that's a, as you know it's a mixed it's a it's a mixed blessing because sometimes you know you join the union too soon as I did not only with with SAG but also with Equity the Stage Actors Union and ended up sitting around not working because I was not at a competitive level with the people who had their cards you know and so I, I uh, if I had it to do all over again I would have waited a lot longer before joining uh-huh. but uh, that's how it went um, yeah. You really, I, I really, I, I appreciate this brain puzzle today because I'm going back, you know, decades and decades <laughs> and trying to think of all the shows that I was on. Um, yeah, I can't think of any more. That's so funny. I, <laughs> and there were there were tons. There were tons of them. I just sure, you know, those shows are all long gone now. 
Well, yeah, I mean, just this morning I remembered, wait a minute, why don't I have this one on my list? Because I've written down every one that I have, because I have all my vouchers, but then I realized, wait a minute, I did this thing. Where the fuck is my voucher for that? So there are definitely some that I've entirely forgotten. I only remember the other ones because A, I have the vouchers, and B, I've gone out of my way to just see where my dumb little face is on, on screen. Is, <laughs> you know, is that, do you, do you remember the first time you got to see yourself on screen? Uh, I don't. I don't, because I would have been a kid. Yeah, 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 that makes um, sense. <clears throat> it's also, it's so funny, because you, you're, you're watching it, and you're like, oh, there I went! You know, you're on for like a second. Uh-huh. You know, or I think, I think that's my ear. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, do this, then. Let's talk about an extra, work, some extra work, uh, or a small part, again, preferably a, a, an under five, that you, in in your wildest dreams, you turn into your own spinoff, um, and if, if if it's a if it's a bigger part, that's also fine. But I I always like to hear where people's minds go because I I have friends who pick stuff that I would never have picked in their work, and so that's why I'm curious what stands out to you. Something that you would want to keep playing. I think okay, so so I did an episode of Dharma and Greg, um, and here was the setup: Dharma and Greg. Uh, they get arrested because they're having sex on the steps of the of the Capitol or something. <laughs> uh, and they're doing oh, I, and the reason they thought they could get away with it was it was the night of the Seinfeld finale, <laughs> and they thought everybody would be watching it. So they get to, arrested. They get taken to the, the police off police station where the main police officer, which is not me, main police officer says, you know, I don't think we've ever arrested anyone for doing it on the steps of the Capitol. Hey, Lou. This is me. Hey, Lou, have we ever arrested anyone for doing it on steps of the Capitol? And Lou goes, don't think so. That was my entire life as Lou. <laughs> and I, I remember this really well because I had, I had a great time at the audition because I knew everybody would be over trying to do too much. So I brought in a crossword puzzle. I sat there and did it. I actually answered a, a, a clue during the audition um, <laughs> and got the part. And I, I could see a spinoff of, of Lou, the, the, you know, uh, who's like a, you know, a cop who's, really over it and doesn't just just doesn't really care and does as little work as possible <laughs> i think that would be a fun show i think that would be a fun show but if if i'm being more more serious uh the the role that i played on blacklist i loved this guy he was a detective and they avoided all the detective cliches he was a detective who really cared about justice and really felt that it was wrong when people got away with stuff and i loved this part i got a whole arc of many episodes and he was almost like Columbo without being so goofy I I I have you you never see that guy who's just not he's not tough he's not tricky he's not manipulative he's not intimidating he's just really really wants to get it right yeah and uh so you have two versions of that one would have have been kind of goofy and the other one (laughs) I could have played that part the rest of my life I loved it so much and then we yeah. don't we don't know. It's quite possible that your character on Dharma and Greg could have run into your character from The Wire. They they live probably close enough. You know, I you know they, I would imagine they're on the yeah. East Coast. You never know. Uh, My character from The Wire would have had him for, for lunch. He would have, <laughs> he would have been, he would have outsmarted him twelve times over. <laughs> but you know, I think I think particularly because I've played so many sort of ice cold lawyers, and that's so not me. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, the the blacklist thing was so nice because it was so much closer to who I am because I, you know, I am very passionate about ethics and stuff. So I, you know, it's it's really and I just finished playing a part 
that was that was like that as well. And it, it's always such a nice departure for me from my bread and butter, which is you know just sharky lawyers <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Do you have any idea? Like, can you assess? Because what people always con- the condensing down into is they say, well, it's typecasting. It's this. Well, you did this once. Now you're going to keep doing it. Do you have a better, like maybe more nuanced concept of why people do end up getting cast in similar parts? Is it just the look? Is it just this is all we can see you as? Or is there something else? Well, I, I think I think all of these things are true. I think precedence is one. Like The Wire was the, the most prominent I'd ever been, I think. Sure. Probably. And so, so people felt very comfortable casting me as that but i also you know in my classes i talk about essence which is like you know uh, this sort of weird intangible abstract thing uh, that we have uh you know every one of us has an essence uh i do this exercise where i i i I have people come up and i sort of uh ask a bunch of questions of the of the class and i say does this person like dogs or cats coffee or tea it's all these random things that we would have no way of knowing and the best part is finding them an instrument i'll list a bunch of instruments piano no guitar no ukulele yes everybody goes yes i'm like now what is that we can't even explain what that is for some reason we look at this person and we go that person plays ukulele right Mm -hmm. so it's the same reason that i always say that that I'm not the dad, I'm the neighbor dad, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, so I think we all have an essence about us that they go, oh, I can definitely see that person being homeless or that person, they've got a vibe where I could definitely see them, uh, you know, a, a, be, being a stalker or being, uh, you know, a, a, a difficult parent, you know, and, and it's not really anything to do with the person at all, because I am so different from a sharky lawyer but i think it's something about your essence where they go yeah we just buy that we buy that person in that part it's a i think it's fun because it's completely mysterious and abstract in some ways it's so it's so yeah it's so nebulous that it becomes hard because so much as an actor you're trying to figure out what's the reality of this character what's this what's the very real thing this character might do in this situation and at the same time it's like i don't know why the fuck i'm here you know somebody saw it in me and i guess i'll wing it i you know i'll do my best like it it's so strange i've come to really embrace the mystery of it all you know what i mean i like first of all I, and I say this with complete sincerity. Like, I'm a really busy working actor, and I don't think it's because I'm better. I think mm-hmm. it's just the way it went. You know, I have absolutely no arrogance about that because, like I said, I know from coaching people, I know people who are 10 times the actor that I am who don't have my career. It's just never going to be a fair, you know, a, a fair merit based system. So, you know, I, I don't have the arrogance to think, well, I must be very, very good. But I also, like, I've gotten parts that I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm, I was a bad choice for this. <laughs> you know, plenty of times, plenty of times. I got flown to Vegas to play a part that really anybody could have played. Anybody. <laughs> they should have cast somebody local and give, given a, a Vegas actor a break. Mm-hmm. And and it's so weird because I got on set and they're looking at me like, oh, yeah, this role, huh? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what's, I mean, yeah, so it's very mysterious, you know, Uh, the whole thing is is just so funny. I like when I I, I did an episode of Vinyl, I loved this little part, and uh, I got on the set, the director said, you know, we changed the whole concept of this role based on your audition, and I'm thinking, I don't know what else it could have been. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
the mystery of it is fun, though. You know, it's, it, it can be fun. I mean, uh, I, I've auditioned for parts that I, I really should have been called back for that they, like, didn't get me at all. And then gotten parts that I should never have gotten because there are better choices out there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that your blacklist idea kind of sounds like it's making me think you just need an English detective show is what you need because they're all just, like, low-key people who just want to see justice happen and then they also have tea while they're waiting for justice to happen it's kind of the perfect that, that's yeah, actually, that maybe that maybe that's what i need to do is be be english yeah come yeah. be an english detective because they're always cool they, they dress really well too it's true you know it's true and then you only have to do they're six episodes hands. a year and you're good to go i'm liking the sound of this mm-hmm. i'm you know <laughs> uh, let's go. No, let's go do it. It sounds good. Yeah, I'm down. Um, I'm a sidekick. I need a sidekick. Let's go. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. You're not. You're not incredibly busy. Um, well, uh, this this has been uh, incredibly fun. Uh, as always, you, you, you're just a great interview. I don't know what it. I don't. Again, I don't know what that special thing is, but you've got it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is either. I just, I, you know, you know, I, I don't know what it is except that I have no veneer. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm like, I don't have any, any, you know, I don't have a public persona. I'm just me. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Uh, also, this stuff is fun to talk about because it's so goofy. You know, right? It's, it's such a goofy profession. You know, well, as you know, because we, I told you before we started recording that I was supposed to fly to Puerto Rico on Sunday and then Friday, and now it's Tuesday. It's going to be Tuesday. I, I'm like, fine, just let me know when I'm going to Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds remarkable. I mean, whatever it is, uh, I'm 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 excited to 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 see it when it comes out. You've got me thinking, by the way. I don't know what the hell. Because I, I act, but not uh, obviously to the level that you do. I don't get, I don't uh, audition even because I don't have the fucking time. Um, so you know, uh, I've been trying to figure out. Well, then what the fuck would my essence be? Like I don't know what it is people see because when they see me, people are like, "Oh, you know who you look like." Uh, Paul Giamatti. And I'm like, okay, just step back for a second. I love Paul Giamatti as an actor, but that's not a person you tell somebody they look like first. You could tell them. Oh yeah, you remind like me, me of Paul I, Giamatti because of I, your I, acting style. But I always got John Lovitz, and I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's like uh, think about that before you say it. Like it's it's, and I'm not saying you know, it's not say. It's just like if you want to be compared to somebody by the based on their looks, pick somebody they look like who's really, really well known for being good looking, and then you can move on to the other thing if you want. Because um, I well, I enjoy you should, you Giamatti. Should do it. You should. Sorry, we have that lag. You should do what I do. Whenever somebody says, do you know who you look like? I always go, Brad Pitt, I know, I know. <laughs> it's I'm perfect. It. It's Brad I know, I know. Well, I feel like I'm asking for it, though. I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it. The first uh, impression I ever figured out how to do was Paul <laughs> Giamatti. So I think that's why I, it's just, I'm, it's now cursed into me. It's what's going to happen. If I can play his son, I'll be fine with it. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody cast me as Paul Giamatti's son, great. I will lean into that hard. But, you know, I, I once actually interviewed Rick Overton, oh, and I, I I told Rick Overton, I'm like, he's like, do you do impressions? I'm like, I do a few. I do a Paul Giamatti. And then he's like, let me see it. And I do my Paul Giamatti. And, he's, and I don't know if you've ever met Rick Overton, but he's a weird dude. And he's like, no, 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 you do this with your teeth. He had a Paul Giamatti ready to go. He And he, he helped correct mine. <laughs> Wow. Uh-huh. No, I love Rick Overton. He's he's really odd. I like him a lot. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> he corrected here. He corrected. But he did. <laughs> and he was right, though. He was absolutely right. He's like, do this with your teeth, and then it comes out like this. And it's like, holy crap, you're right. That's a perfect Giamatti. Um, uh, it's a weird specific. I don't do any impressions. You know, I, I, this is, this is, you may get, have to edit this out because it's so off topic, but. Um, uh, I've been in, I got invited to do this 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 cabaret show that's that skewers Trump and uh, it's a uh, it's brilliant it's written by Joe Keenan who who used to write for Frasier it's awesome. very very clever and it's basically you know he re, re, he rewrote the lyrics to some famous show tunes and people love it and so when he invited me to do it I mean you know it's 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 uh, uh, people like BB Newworth and Richard Kind and you know like all these big people especially big musical theater people and he. And I was to do it, and then he told me I would be doing Trump. And I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't do impressions." He's like, "It doesn't matter." And I said, "Well, I, I thought, okay, fine. I've got to at least figure out how to do a bad Trump because uh-huh. I, I don't even have that in my voice." So I had to study. I studied a bunch of the impressionists who do Trump oh and realized God. they all do. Well, they all do him differently, so it's not yeah. like about accuracy. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'll tell you what. The, the clue in for me was two things. One guy said, it's all in the very front of your mouth. And he said that the other thing is, he sat, this is the best. He sounds like he's whispering and yelling at the same time. <laughs> I was like, that's so good. That's remarkable. <laughs> and that's what it is. Yeah. You know, it, it's the whispering and the yelling at the same time. It's <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Do you, uh, this is, you know, this is fine. There's going to be a couple off topic things, but I, I do want to know, uh, you tour, you toured with uh, the producers, uh, the first national tour, right? I, I did. Now, I read something about an under... Were you an understudy the whole time, or were you one of the the main cast? I, I don't know how it works, so you might have to explain it to me. So, um, I did the first national tour of the producers, and I was in the ensemble, which okay. meant that I, I kept coming back as different characters. I played a bunch of small roles and I and I and danced like crazy and sang and all that stuff uh, but, I, but I got to play all these funny funny characters like I was Leo Bloom's boss and I was the judge and I was all these people um, but I understudied two of the leading roles one being Max Bialystok which is the big uh-huh. the big mother uh, mothership role uh, that won Nathan Lane and Tony and uh-huh. the other one being Roger Debris who's the the flamingly gay director of springtime for Hitler of course so I understudied both of those roles yeah, so that was my job for the entire year that I did the producers on tour. I've since then done, I think it's seven regional productions in which I played Max. I played the lead. Uh, uh, so yeah, I just do it again and again and again because it just it kind of fits me. It's it's a workout, but I love it. It's crazy, crazy you, hard. Do you? Yeah. So that means I probably saw you in Chicago uh, because I I think I saw the first touring company come through Chicago. Um, so there's a good chance then that I saw you somewhere. Was I there? I mm. think after a year I switched to Les Mis. Oh, okay. I, okay. I know I did Les Mis in Chicago mm-hmm. and I can't honestly, I can't remember. I should know this. I can't remember if I did the producers in Chicago. I don't think I did. Okay. All right. Well then yeah, I, I think then I, I never think, have. And that makes me yeah. sad. <laughs> But I love that you play Max. That's yeah. the part that I want to play. That's the, if I were to play a part, they would cast me as Leo, but I'd want to play Max. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Both of them are a lot of work. You oh, I'm sweat sure. and sweat and sweat. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Do uh, they? I may have done my last one. When you do it 
do they do you leave the um, that the one song to itself or see because so when I saw it I saw oh my goodness who played he was originally he played the Kenny Mars part and then he got bumped up to Max when Nathan Lane left um, oh my goodness gracious what's his name Brad thank Brad, you Brad Oscar yes and so there's a part in this uh, where he's in jail and he's doing this so, whole song but he interrupts it to say I know what you're thinking Nathan Lane was better just to address it and then move on is there any yeah. any kind of is, does something like that exist in the the other productions oh yeah so just for anyone who doesn't know there's this great song called Betrayed where Nathan, where uh, uh, Max Bialystok is stuck in jail and he recaps the entire show doing <laughs> doing excerpts from all of the songs because he's losing his mind and he wants to figure out how he got here. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's a, like a nine minute song. It's a great, a great workout. And in the middle of it, you know, he's going through all the steps, all the steps. Mm -hmm. And one of the steps is intermission. And then he sits down at his <laughs> jail cell and it's an opportunity for the max to ad lib, you know? So uh, you're saying that Brad Oscar would go, I know what you're thinking. He's not Nathan Lane, you know? Uh, and I, uh, I do different things. I mean, when I do the show regionally, uh, I love to take out the program and go, <laughs> oh, they're doing Sound of Music next. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, people love anything anything that acknowledges the, you know, the, I, I'll hide the program under my pillow, uh, you know. Uh, uh, but also, like, if anything goes wrong, I had one night where... Uh, uh, the, the the window in the office has to pop out because for a set change. But one night somebody slammed the door in the window, it, which is plexiglass, didn't didn't hurt, but it, it popped right out. <laughs> so when it got to the, that part of the jail scene, I turned to my invisible neighbor and I said, "Did you see when the window popped out?" <laughs> and they love that. <laughs> they love anything that acknowledges what they saw. Oh, that's so, so yeah. good. That's delightful. Yeah. So, I accidentally oh, no, brought it's a lot of fun. I, I you know I. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just I have to keep a, a balanced diet for myself uh, of TV and and theater because I I just I have to get my theater fix every once in a while. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you're and, yeah. and you're doing it in this way where oh man, I don't know. I I I'm very envious, but obviously very. You know, here's the thing. You were on news radio, so for me, it's like okay, anybody who's on news radio, I'm excited to see their careers become whatever they become because uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's all you needed to do is go obsession. I know it's it's nuts. It is it is a nut bar thing. Um, yeah. So I just realized also we were talking I mean, we have <clears throat> talking about my other impression, which was Nathan Lane. Those are the two impressions I could do as as a young man were Nathan Lane and Paul Giamatti. It's a very weird world that I put gotta, myself into. You got to give me a little. You got to give me a little Nathan Lane because I uh, worked with him. You have to do it. Sure. A little bit. Come on. Uh, let's see. See, but I got I got to do it right. Oh, I pierced the toast. Oh, oh, look. Here's the thing. Ah, uh, Michael. Here's the thing. Uh, all I want to do. Can Can you understudy for me? I'm sick tonight. I'm busy. Look, I'm doing something else. Don't worry about it. You You can play Max tonight. Oh, that's all I got. It's It's insane. Oh but. my God. <laughs> that's insanely good. Oh, thank you. That, that's so good. <laughs> Oh my God, that's good. Well, here we go. So I will pay, play Paul Giamatti's son. I will play Nathan Lane's son. These are these will happen one day. That's right. ooh, they have a kid together. That's what that's what happens. That's my idea There's for a your movie. Show. There's your spin off. <laughs> uh, we haven't, we is... haven't talked about what what from accounting spinoff would be, but I don't. Yeah, I don't oh, think please, I would want to watch that. Carl from accounting. Here's but but 
I don't know. There's something about there's again, I I like in I will interview literally anybody who is on news radio, but Carl just uh, maybe it's because he had more than one episode, but he he stands out, and there's just like I don't know. You just play it so just like hey guys, I I, I can I join in on this whole situation? And they're like fuck you, Carl, and I there's just something about. How how uh, innocently you play it. I do want to know what is Carl from accounting spinoff. He doesn't have to stay in accounting. You know, it could be one of those where like he just left accounting and now he's a blank. You know, it could be whatever. Well, you know, actually, I think that was probably one of my earliest roles. And I, I was actually really shy and intimidated. So it kind of worked for the character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so funny. Um I know that after we hang up, I'm going to think about like like 15 or 16 other extra roles that I did, but I can't I can't think of anymore. Well, I'll say this: if you come up with 15 or 16, whatever, write them down, and then we'll we'll just do another episode sometime because I'm sure your stories are good. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, I know I already ended this 20 minutes ago, but uh, this has been this is too much fun. Uh, this won't come out for a little while, but if there's anything you think you can promote in the near future or your classes, let people know about it. Well, um, I think by the time this comes out, my current cycle of classes will be done. But I, I do want to tell people, um, uh, for any actors out there, that I, I teach a class called Audition Psych 101. It's all about the psychology of auditioning because I had a terrible, terrible time with auditions when I first started out. And uh, there is a book version, you know, of it uh, that you can get on Amazon, Audition Psych 101. Um, and um, I travel, I, I go to a lot of different places. So uh, if you go to the website, auditionpsych101.com, you can get on my mailing list. And if I'm city uh, to teach, I will let you know. Um, I also started another class that I really love called Five Lines and Under, because those are really hard to audition for, mm -hmm. and it's actually a scene study, scene study lab for those little parts. So I love the teaching. It makes me very happy. I, I, I just love sharing what I know. That's wonderful. I, you know, the, these are, yeah, you're the kind of actor I like to talk to. It's fun. No ego. You've done a lot of shit, and you appreciate how you got there. That's that's all you can ask for in an actor. I really do. Uh, I really do. And plus, you've played um, Max Bialystok, which makes, you know, I'm, I'm even more excited about that. Uh, you know, that's, come on. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite role. I, uh, I, makes, makes me tired just thinking about it. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's fun to do. Uh, Michael, thank you again for doing the show. Thanks for having me, Jason. This is really a, a great, great way to spend a Sunday morning. Uh, if you find out that Nathan Lane needs a kid uh, in his, you know, in a show, you just let me know. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to tell everybody to follow me on Instagram. That's where this kind of started. Jason Klom, J-A-S-O-N-K-L-A-M-M. -M, hashtag the professional blur. And um, uh, as always, uh, I'm sorry I missed your thing. I, I don't own a TV, so. <laughs> You can find The Professional Blur on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find podcasts. And follow Jason on Instagram at Jason Klom and follow his hashtag, The Professional Blur. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!